I'm Jessica Ashley. And I'm Megan Francis. And you're listening to the Right at Home Moms, part of the Life Listened Network. There is a giant pile of laundry in your hallway. Your floors are grimy. Your desk is a freaking mess. And you're on deadline. (laughs) What do you do about all that? How do you balance work and housework? That's what we're talking about today on Right at Home Moms. I'm Jessica Ashley, and this is Megan Francis. And we are on episode four. Yes. Right at Home Moms. And I think it seems time that we reveal like we lift the veil of how messy our houses are (laughs) (laughs) and how many deadlines we've broken when we're trying to do it all right from the hub of our own home yes oh my gosh yeah it needs to happen because I think people have this idea um, that people who successfully work from home are somehow successfully juggling and balancing everything Um, and that's just not always the case I agree and you know a few years ago blogger Lori Garcia at babble.com did a great post that was pictures of bloggers desks. And I, I had a little bit of an argument with them (laughs) because there were not enough that were messy. I just think sometimes you get so in the zone when you have some time to write at home that you have to ignore all the clutter and chaos around you. And then you're done and you have so many other commitments to make. It does make it very hard to keep up with things in your area. I agree, Jessica. And I also have to say that I think for a lot of us that work at home, um, space is a premium, you know, on a premium. And so there's just not a lot of different places in my house for items to end up like surfaces. (laughs) And one of those surfaces tends to be my desk. Right. And I feel like it's all mom things end up on my desk. Yeah. All personal business bills. Yes. And then all, I don't know why working online, the digital arena requires so much paperwork, but it does. It's ridiculous. (laughs) I can't even tell you how many um, clients I work for who still require me to send in something hard copy, whether it's a a contract or, you know, um, an invoice. They require you to fax in. Yes. It was a fax machine. (laughs) Because... In the online world, it is still the year 1998. It is. It is. I'm very grateful to the clients who have the online, you know, who have the um, e-signing ability, but that's very few of them, to be honest. That is. The the area outside of my desk, though, um, is is tricky to keep clean. And I will have, I will tell you, living with someone who is extremely orderly Mm. has been very helpful. And also I think the combination of incomes has helped because we had, we just decided because our time is such a premium, we are outsourced as much as we can. And so, um, this has not been the case for my entire writing career, but we do have cleaning people who come in. And then I have the privilege problem of where do I go when the cleaning people are here and I need to work. <laughs> and you need but, to work, yes. Um, but it, it has made a really big difference to have them come in twice a month and take care of the things that I I just can't fit in. And if I'm going to fit it in, it's going to be at 2 a.m. Yeah. So I let me tell you about my, my p- past with cleaning people because I have the same thing going on. Um, I wound up hiring a cleaning person for the very first time when I was very early in my writing career and not making very much money. And I did it because I had a newborn... I don't know, newborn or he was really little at home and a toddler. And I just, I just couldn't see how I was going to keep all these balls in the air. And I wasn't looking for perfection, but I couldn't be living in a pit. And I, 
that made me very unproductive too. So I looked at it as almost like we were just splitting my pay right down the middle. In fact, sometimes she was coming out ahead <laughs> and she didn't charge very much either. <laughs> and it was just twice a month, but it gave me such a nice little break and peace of mind just to know that day she was going to come and the house was going to be clean. And I was going to feel so productive in that nice, neat, clean space. So over the years, um, I've had clean people and I've, and I've gone long periods without, and I just went about a year without having one. We just decided we need to tighten up the budget. You know, we didn't have the money for it <clears throat> and everything. We kept on top of things pretty well for most of that year. But what didn't get done, like the things that never, just never got around to, slowly piled up, right? So it's like not a big deal if you don't dust for a month. But if you don't dust for a year. <laughs> right. It does. It builds up. It's that deep clean that I think yeah. really gets to everybody. Yes. I, I totally agree. Also, in our family, my son has visitation with his dad every other weekend. And so the weekends he's here, I honestly just do not want to commit it to the entire family. Yeah. Doing that deep clean. And so I, I agree with you. As much as you can outsource, I think is such a sanity saver. And even if that is having somebody come in or maybe even trading time with yeah. a mom so that you can take some time and do that deep clean once a month, that makes a really big difference. Yeah. And I will say, so we just hired someone again about a month ago. So she's been here three or four times. And I now look at it like if I can complete, you know, in the four hours she's here, first of all, it would take me three times as long to get the same amount of cleaning right. done because right. I'd be distracted yeah. and, you know, I just wouldn't attack it in the same way as she does. Um, in those four hours, if I can bill what I pay her or more, and it's always more if I set my mind to it, usually significantly more, then it's so much, it's just worth it. You know, it's just- That's a great it, way to think of it, hour and, for hour. Yeah, yes. And, you know, yeah, I'm still having to do the dishes. I do have to occasionally hit a toilet here and there, but I'm just not spending my mental energy thinking about keeping the house clean and it's it helps a lot. But not everybody's in that position, so we should probably talk about that too. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that sometimes- the advantage of working at home is that you can say, if I was working in an office, I would be taking an hour and I would be going to lunch or running yes. errands. And when I worked downtown in an office, I often did all my holiday shopping or my errand running during my lunch hour. And so I do think it's important to give yourself the space to step away from what you're doing to take care of some household things. And honestly, sometimes the housework is the only thing that gets me out of my chair. And if I am really in it, I have to remind myself to eat, to pee. And so <laughs> that laundry sitting right outside my office door is helpful for me to get up, stretch my legs, get a glass of water, throw that stuff in the laundry and, and give myself a little break. And, and this is a little crazy, but the ching ching of the dryer is helpful for me. It's like a great white noise for writing. Oh, I love that. I never thought about that. Mine is a little too far away to hear very well, but you know, I, I totally agree that sometimes you just need that built-in break. And I'm a big um, believer in the idea that there is there, and I've talked about this in the show with you before, and, and other episodes of other shows. Um, there's diminishing returns after a while. If you sit in front of your computer for three hours, maybe you can get three hours of really solid work done. But sometimes after the first hour, your mind starts to wander, and it's hard to stay off Facebook, and you're not really getting anything done. You're just kind of staring at the page. And I find that if I get up at that time, and go load my dishwasher, or unload my dishwasher, or fold a load of laundry, or just those little maintenance things that you have to do, whether or not you outsource the rest of it or not. Um, can be a really nice brain break 
and and does it kind of create that space for you in the day to not be staring at a screen? Because even writers, you know, I consider thinking to be writing. <laughs> it's part of the process, right? I mean, right, right. experiencing it's things, research. noticing things is, is uh, talking to people. That's all part of what makes my makes me a writer. And so if I'm always just sitting in front of my computer, you know, spinning my wheels, then I'm not getting some of those other important parts. I'm not making space in my life for the thinking and the talking and, you know, the reflecting and all that part of it. I agree. I also think that setting a little timer for yourself, if you use a Pomodoro method where you do 20 minutes and then you take a little break um, or you use some other method where you are building in breaks and literally onto your screen so it goes black or you are just doing that mentally, I think getting up and walking through the house and taking five minutes or 10 minutes to see how much can I get done in that time Mm -hmm. is really helpful. I am the best housekeeper when I set a timer for myself. Yes. Otherwise, I just will dawdle or I'll take too long on one thing that's really unnecessary. But if I say I have five minutes to clean this entire bathroom and then I've got to get back to my other stuff, it feels like a reward on either side. And it's crap work that you're giving yourself a reward for. So it's like, I think it's really how you frame it. And I really like to beat the clock. Yeah. (laughs) No, I love that. It's like a little competition with yourself, right? It is. I will say in terms of outsourcing, Uh, housework or outsourcing, whatever that is to keep your house running smoothly and the area around you running smoothly. I had a great professional organizer come into my home and we did a barter. I helped her with marketing and some writing on her website. She came to my house for four hours and helped me tackle what she calls pain points. And that was really my desk and a, a closet next to my desk that was stuffed full of swag Mm. and free bags and paper and post-it notes and things like that. And she really helped me to think about how I need to organize things and that I really need uh, to organize by vertical files Mm. around my house where there are pain points. So wherever the kids schoolwork comes in, wherever the bills come in, wherever my contracts come in, I have these magazine little magazine file folders where things can stand upright and I just shove them in and it makes things pulled together a little bit better and keeps them from being piles. I'm a pile person and knowing those pain points in the house, I think is really helpful. It doesn't mean it doesn't get out of control, but knowing where they are and that they have to be tackled and one little office supply can tackle it is really helpful for me. So there two things came up to mind when you were just talking about that. One is, um, I think it's so awesome that you bartered for that. And I want to stress that if you're just starting out, barter can be a win, 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 because not only are you lending your skills to someone who maybe is just getting their business off the ground as well, they really need you. Please don't feel like you haven't, you know, if, if you haven't gotten published a lot yet or something that you wouldn't be valuable to somebody else because they need what you have and that's your skill and your talent and your knowledge and you need what they have, whatever whether that's cleaning or organizing or something else completely. But it's also can be a great portfolio builder. So if, you know, you did some marketing work for someone and and maybe you don't have to say, and I did it for barter, <laughs> you know. They're still um, a client. They're still a client. And so it, it totally counts and it's a, a good way to get some experience and start building your portfolio. So that, I think that's really smart. And the second thing that it made me think of is that I think sometimes when we feel like we're drowning in clutter, we spend a lot of time trying to find some, and I know for me, I've spent a lot of money trying to find some perfect system. Um, and 
it's really about what the right system is for you. So like what you were saying, you know, how your organizer helped you figure out what you needed. I think we need to sit and think a little bit about our own uh, tendencies and how we visualize things. Like I know I need to have things in front of me that where I can see them or I will literally forget they exist. Um, right. You know, so things like that. But we're all different. And so right. there's I no want to perfect... go to a container store first. Yeah. And that's really not the way to do no. it. I mean, really the best way to do it is see the pain point, put together in piles the things that are there, yeah. and then see what you already have in your house. Like she went through my house and gathered every plastic basket I had yes. to get things organized and then said, do you want to buy something to go on this? I mean, it, to put all this stuff in, or can this plastic basket be okay? And really that just made a huge difference for me. Because yeah. you go into one of those stores and it's so beautiful and you just want to own all those little tabs and right, <laughs> filers like you, and organizers. You need an Orla Kylie yeah. binder for But you have, things. I'm sure almost everybody <laughs> in their house has the folders or the baskets or whatever it is that they need to get started. Um, so figure out a system that works and then buy the stuff. Right. Absolutely. Back to the professional organizer for one moment. Yeah. I will say I love your point about that developing your client list and your own resume as well as giving them a resource that they really need. This relationship with the professional organizer continues. I use her as an expert often when I'm writing and she has used me for a reference. Um, she's used me in some um, different things that she's had, email newsletters and mm -hmm. things I've given her ideas. And so it's been a relationship that has been built and it is helpful. I need her. She needs me. And, um, and I respect her so much because of the way that we've developed that relationship. And I've seen her expertise in different ways. And I know I have somebody to call if I need help. So next, right. I guess I need my cleaning ladies to barter with me. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, one step at a time, right? <laughs> one step at a time. Let's talk a little bit about putting the kids in your house because we just talked about in a previous episode when your kids are around. So how do you put your kids to work while you're at work? Does that ever work? Oh, gosh. While I'm at work, sort of, but it has to be really simple stuff that they already know how to do. Um, otherwise, I find that I just kind of want to hover a little bit and, or I hear them like clanging dishes. <laughs> And it annoys me. But they do work, you know, like when the kids come home from school, I'll often log another hour after I kind of get everyone settled. And I'll say, hey, guys, I need you to clean up the kitchen. Or Clara's, her job is to clean up the area where everyone kind of, you know, we have five kids. So, like, people come in and they just, like, there's a shoe explosion by the back right. door. And so her job is to take all the shoes and line them up and the backpacks and line them up. That kind of stuff, yeah. Um, we tend to do, like, large cleaning bursts like on the weekends will everyone will pitch in john's really good at that he can be uh, my husband he's a great drill sergeant and so he just kind of keeps everyone moving um but we tend to do like big family cleanups and like one big burst on the weekend and get it over with quickly so like you said i don't want to spend my whole weekend cleaning right. um but but uh, i don't know i the kids definitely do a lot of work i don't know that it's as unsupervised as it could be what about you I'm terrible at this. Okay. I mean, and this is something I'm really trying to work at. I have a 10-year-old a who he's just been assigned a few chores that he has to keep up with pretty much every day, taking yeah. out the trash and some things like that. I have not been consistent. I've given him small tasks to do, go clean your bathroom, go tidy up your room, those things. Um, but there's been a lot of resistance and I have not been as enforcing as I need to be. And when I'm working, I really want to focus on that rather than stopping every five minutes to tell somebody where the trash bags are, 
where this exactly. is, where that is. So it's not something that I've been great at and I'm really working on. So yeah, I feel like to me that those two things have to be separate. Like, like the supervising cleaning time is something I do on my off hours. It's not something I try to do while I work because I can't concentrate because all I'm thinking about is, are they doing it right? right. <laughs> or like you again? said, they have to ask you, you know, it's, I mean, my 11 year old is the same way. I, he's a really smart kid, but everything he does, he comes to me in between each little part of the task and has to ask some kind of a question. Like he what needs constant that? reassurance. Never, he's done it a million times. I've seen that before. I don't know. What? Uh, we have trash? <laughs> <laughs> Mom, where do we keep this? I'm like, I've told you so many times. But I do appreciate that he's asking, stopping and asking because my older kids would just put everything away in the wrong spot and they wouldn't find out till later. So I guess the, the takeaway here is it's never going to be perfect. And to me, I feel like the biggest goal with getting my kids on board of housework is that they pitch in and realize that they have a role to play. Not so much that it's going to get done really well. <laughs> so, right. It'll get done, but I have to really let go of my ideas about what it getting done means sometimes, you know? Does that make sense? And that's, yeah, and that's basically all of parenting and all of writing for other Absolutely. people. So I you think you just, we're done here. We're done here. <laughs> So I want to take a second to say, hey, you guys, please check us out on iTunes and leave a rating or review um, if you haven't yet. We're also on Stitcher and other uh, applications where people, you know, platforms that people use to listen to podcasts. Any rating or review you could listen to or that you could leave, sorry, for us would be so appreciated. It does help us get higher up in iTunes rankings if people are listening and responding. You can also go to writeathomemoms.com and leave a comment on the show notes. We have show notes for each episode and you can find them all there. And we'd love to know what you'd love to hear about. Yes. And leave us send a in comment. your tips. We love, I, I want to hear other people's tips. Yeah, well. totally agree. I want to hear from other people as well. So check us out. Thank you so much for listening. It's been fun, Jessica, as always. We'll be writing at home until we talk to you again. Exactly. And not cleaning probably very much. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.